In March 2020, when most of the world found itself in chaos, at least one group remained unfazed by the COVID-19 pandemic. Members of the Japanese organization Kofaku no Kagaku, known in English as Happy Science, didn't believe the deadly virus was a threat. Their leader, whom they believed was the savior of the world, Ryuho Okua, told them they had no reason to fear. The virus, he claimed, was nothing to worry about, as long as they had faith and kept a positive outlook. On the streets of New York City, a handful of Happy Science members protested. They pushed back against the city's protective measures to close establishments and save lives. While many believe history proved them wrong, they were unshakable in their beliefs. And these so-called anti-science ideas were just the tip of the iceberg. Despite their positive name, Happy Science had a dark past, full of deception and exploitation. The group's radical precepts even included doomsday predictions based on nationalist beliefs. And over the years, this ideology has spread across continents. Hi, I'm Greg Polson. And I'm Vanessa Richardson. And this is Cults, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we look at a cult's practices, its leader, and its followers. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. This week, in a one-part episode, we're discussing Ryuho Okawa, a Japanese stock trader turned religious figure, and his group, Happy Science. After humble beginnings, the organization made headlines by offering phony religious vaccines at the start of the pandemic. We'll explore how Ryuho came to believe that he was the reincarnation of Buddha, Christ, and Confucius, among others. We'll cover his meteoric rise in his home country of Japan and his plans to expand all over the world. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Predatory alternative faiths sometimes seem more interested in squeezing money from their converts than improving their lives. Escaping disappointments through mindfulness is an attractive concept, but in most cases, the relief is only temporary. With happy science, Ryuho Okua has amassed an allegedly massive following through sheer willpower. Boisterous, self-confident, and bombastic, Ryuho eventually commanded thousands or even millions of people. But those leadership qualities were more hidden in his early life. Born into post-war Japan in 1956, with the name Takashi Nakagawa, 
he didn't stand out. If anything, he faded into the background. Before we dive further into his childhood, it's only fair to point out that there are two versions of his life story. Much of the information either comes from Ryuho himself or various investigations into his past. Much of Ryuho's own story has changed over time, often becoming grander with each retelling, and it should be taken with a grain of salt. According to a 1995 article by Trevor Astley in the Japanese Journal of Religious Studies from Nanzan University, in elementary school, Ryuho was far from an apt pupil. He likely wanted greatness even at that early age, but it appeared firmly out of his reach in school, and he trailed behind his more intelligent older brother. But Ryuho still learned a lot from his father, who desperately wanted him to aim for the top. At home, Ryuho's father taught him and his brother about a wide breadth of subjects. From Jesus Christ and Confucius to political conversations about Marxism, they discussed everything under the sun. While there are no transcripts of these conversations, we know how much of an impact they had on Ryuho. Thanks to his father, he developed a strong interest in philosophy and religion as a young man. It seemed that Ryuho wanted to be a scholar as a child. Either that, or he wanted a career as a diplomat, where he could use his knowledge to help others. Yet it wasn't until high school that Ryuho decided to put in the hard work to make his dreams a reality. He spent many of his days studying to make it to the top of his class. According to him, during the winters, he often read late into the night in a small, cold outbuilding on his family's property. And the grueling hours of studying paid off. In 1975, he received admission into the prestigious University of Tokyo, where he decided to study liberal arts. There, he developed an eccentric routine. He wanted to become one of the world's great minds. Every day for an hour, he walked around the city just thinking and composing poems. He passed by thousands of people as he navigated the bustling Tokyo streets, taking in all the bright lights, shops, and sounds of life. After that hour of contemplation, he stopped at a bathhouse to relax for another 60 minutes. He said he did all of this to sharpen his mind and question philosophical ideals. On his way back home, he'd pick up a new book, often one about philosophy, to start reading. This new philosophical routine didn't herald a new era for Ryuho, however. Instead, his old problems in the classroom came back in full force. During college, Ryuho struggled, both with his academics and with his social life. Ryuho reportedly wrote copious love letters, but was always rejected by women. College is often a stressful time, full of confusion and change. Throughout this period, it wouldn't be surprising if Ryuho questioned his place in the world, or even contemplated dropping out of school. He'd worked his entire life to make something of himself, but now his destination was uncertain. Vanessa is going to take over on the psychology here and throughout the episode. Please note, Vanessa is not a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist, but we have done a lot of research for this show. Thanks, Greg. Low self-esteem plagues everyone from time to time, and we've all felt the consequences. Dark thoughts can cause us to feel isolated, hoping someone else will reach out and help. According to a 2007 study from the journal Psychological Science, low self-esteem can create a vicious cycle. Researchers wrote, although the presumed function of low self-esteem is to motivate people to act in ways that minimize rejection and maximize acceptance, the expectation that one is likely to be rejected leads to a set of intra- and inter-individual processes that undermine these higher-order goals and maintain and perhaps even perpetuate low self-esteem. 
In other words, a person with low self-esteem will desperately seek acceptance, yet expect to be rejected. In doing this, they might take things too far and wind up even more isolated. A similar cycle may have overtaken Ryuho. Despite his personal struggles, he managed to avoid being thrown out of school. However, it was clear he needed a change. After his second year, Ryuho switched from liberal arts to studying law. There are two diverging accounts about what happened in the following years. According to Ryuho's own websites, he excelled in law school. However, contemporary sources hint at continued struggles, even claiming that he failed some of his law finals. Yet that hardly seemed to matter, because a few months before graduation, Ryuho experienced a revelation that changed his life. One day, he was overcome with an urgent feeling to get a pencil and paper. Once he did, his hand spontaneously moved across the page. Without conscious effort, he started writing the phrase, good news, over and over again. Ryuho stared at his hand in shock, unsure of what was happening. After some contemplation, he spoke into the void, asking the empty room who the message was from. His hand moved again this time signing the name Nico, a famous Buddhist saint who lived in the 13th century. For the next week, Ryuho continued to receive messages from Nico. Then they suddenly ceased. But Ryuho didn't lose his spiritual connection altogether. Instead, he started hearing from another historical figure. This time, according to Ryuho, a 13th century Buddhist priest and noted philosopher named Nichiren reached out from beyond the mortal veil. And these messages filled Ryuho with a sense of empowerment. He'd spent much of his life trying to prove himself worthy. Now he'd received confirmation from some of the most important Buddhist figures that he mattered. In the following months, he claimed to hear from other divine figures too, including Confucius, Jesus Christ, and Moses. It's unclear what Ryuho got out of these messages. For the time being, he kept the revelations to himself and a select group of friends. And he didn't neglect his earthly duties either. By the summer of 1981, he'd graduated from the University of Tokyo. Instead of finding his way into law, he got a job at a stock trading company called Tomen. There, thanks to his renewed confidence, he stood out among his peers. Within a year, he was offered the opportunity to transfer to the New York office. He leaped at the chance. After arriving, Ryuho, now 26, enrolled in the Graduate Center of the City University of New York to study finance. With this change came the opportunity to further develop his career. Following a year of growth abroad, he headed back to Tokyo to continue his financial work. Though it's unclear how successful he was, Ryuho's salary was likely more than adequate. His career seemed off to a great start, but something was missing. From what we can tell, throughout this time, Ryuho continued his spiritual correspondence. He'd spent years striving for greatness in the secular world, but now he realized he'd found something even grander. Over the next few years, it appears he threw himself into writing a book to share the crucial information he'd learned from the spirits. In August of 1985, when he was about 30, he published the work, with eventual plans to write four additional volumes. It's unclear how successful the book was commercially, but Ryuho felt he'd finally found his purpose. This was his way forward. And in June of 1986, less than a year later, the spirits told him to fully commit to his new way of life. They advised him to quit his job as a day trader and pursue what they called God's path. By October, he'd followed their advice. 
He founded Kofuku no Kagaku, known in English as the Institute for Research in Human Happiness. For Ryuho, this was the culmination of years of learning and a lifetime of philosophical training. And it was just the beginning. In the years that followed, tens of thousands of people would be swept up by his words, sometimes for the better, but not always. Coming up, Ryuho spreads his message to the masses and lands in hot water with a cult leader. The most urgent mysteries in the world are missing persons cases. The stakes are too high not to pursue every plausible possibility, and some implausible ones too. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new podcast, Disappearances. In 2020, after spending years searching for the truth, I used social media to help bring justice to my sister Alyssa's nearly two decades long disappearance. Now, every Thursday on Spotify, I'm exploring the many reasons people disappear and the impact their absences can have on those left behind. From child abductions and mystifying murders to those who took drastic measures to start over, each episode of Disappearances journeys through a different high-profile missing persons case, ripped from the headlines and ripe for explanation. Because no one just vanishes into thin air. The answers are out there, waiting to be found. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast Disappearances. Hear a new episode every Thursday, free and only on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to the story. In late 1986, 39-year-old Ryuho Okawa quit his job as a stock trader in Tokyo to form Kofuku no Kagaku. He said he was guided by the spirits of religious and historical figures that he communicated with telepathically. Though Ryuho often claimed to receive messages from divine figures, he didn't want to portray his organization as religious. To differentiate it from the slew of new religious movements in Japan around this time, he called his group the Institute for Research in Human Happiness. He portrayed it as a graduate school of life, probably doing what he could to broaden its appeal. While the mission statement of the Institute was vague, in practice, Ryuho dispensed wisdom based on the spiritual revelations he received. Spirits such as Christ, Buddha, and even Nostradamus contributed to the curriculum. It didn't exactly make for a clear message, but Ryuho viewed the work he did as essential to finding a path to happiness and enlightenment, 
According to a 1995 study, Ryuho saw the group's objective as an exhaustive study of God's truth. As such, Ryuho demanded a lot from those who looked to join his ranks. Before a member could be admitted, they were required to read part of Ryuho's ever-growing library of written works. Then, instead of simply regurgitating this information back to him, initiates were required to write out their own interpretations of the lessons. If their answers were satisfactory, they were allowed to join the group in their search for happiness. This level of gatekeeping ensured that only those truly interested in Ryuho's pursuits join his insular group. By keeping out any dissent, he created the perfect echo chamber. And in doing so, Ryuho cultivated a group of dozens of followers, all with unshakable faith in his message and pursuit. To help fund the venture, Ryuho asked his members to fork over 3,500 yen for an initiation fee, along with 2,000 more each month. That initial amount was roughly equivalent to the cost of two movie tickets. While the sum was small in the short run, it quickly added up as new members hopped on board. In response to allegations of detractors who liken this to a pyramid scheme, Happy Science has publicly denied those claims and stated that they're not a pay-to-progress system of membership. They insist that all donations are given out of gratitude. Ryuho didn't want to keep his group small forever. By November 13, 1986, he held his first public talk to draw in more interest. Around 100 people attended. Given that he'd only been at it for four months, the figure demonstrated that he clearly had an audience. And over the following months, Ryuho continued building out his message. By March 8, 1987, he'd come up with something he called the fourfold path. According to Ryuho, the path was a way to reach God's truth and achieve happiness. The four tenets were love, wisdom, reflection, and development. It was an attractive concept that brought in new members. At least 400 people showed up to one of Ryuho's early lectures. It's more than likely that some of them joined the group afterward. To accommodate the swell in membership, in 1987, Ryuho created a formula structure for Kofuku no Kagaku. New members were now subject to an intense training program. While it didn't include any physical activity, it did require rigorous study. Ryuho developed a full curriculum based on his library of writings. We're not sure how many books he'd published in 1987, but by 1991, he'd released at least 10. And after poring over his works, members were required to take tests to progress further inside the group. That kind of rigor might have turned off some would-be members, but the group continued to grow overall. By the end of 1987, 1,700 people attended one of his lectures. With such a strong response, Ryuho must have realized the potential for expansion. By January of 1989, Ryuho started claiming that he hoped to unite the entire world under his banner. Cultivating members slowly, as Ryuho had done over the past three years, worked to build him a solid base of support. Now he felt things needed to move faster. So, Ryuho made a change to bring in new followers. He allowed his followers to invite friends and family to join the organization. More importantly, he started counting everyone who subscribed to the group's newsletter as members. Meanwhile, to make sure he wasn't alienating his most loyal acolytes, he gave them a new title. Those who'd been with him the longest were considered full members. In his mind, this probably knocked out two birds with one stone. He could quickly increase his numbers while retaining the core following he'd built up over the years. These weren't the only changes. 
Despite his earlier insistence that the group was a graduate school for life, Ryuho sought to register his organization as a religious entity in Japan. It's unclear why he changed his mind, but by registering as a religious organization, he could likely avoid certain tax obligations and maintain a level of autonomy that traditional businesses didn't have. While the financial figures from this period are difficult to find, some crucial purchases the group made in the early 90s gives us an insight into their success. To help his case for religious registration, Ryuho bought and rented some property in Tokyo. After he filed the proper paperwork, the Japanese government granted the group religious exemption. Ryuho also took a look at the group's name. While it used to be known as the Institute for Research in Human Happiness in English, he simplified it to Happy Science. Following this change, in 1991, the group's message pivoted yet again after Ryuho added several books to his growing canon. One of these was titled The Terrifying Revelations of Nostradamus. In it, he claimed he'd unlocked the secrets of Nostradamus's famous apocalyptic predictions by channeling the ancient astrologer's spirit. Plenty of other religious organizations had tied their own messages to Nostradamus's predictions, but Ryuho's interpretations had a uniquely nationalistic angle. Ryuho believed that Japan's rise to the world economic stage in the 1980s was a divine harbinger. They felt the country would one day be the number one power in the world. According to the Los Angeles Times, Ryuho compared Japan to a leviathan when he wrote, In the 21st century, there will be no enemies for leviathan. It will slash throats of the old eagle and the exhausted red bear, and laugh at the aging Europe. It will use China as a slave, and Korea as a prostitute. He tapped into nationalism using prejudice and inflammatory language to find an even bigger audience. By most accounts, the book proved to be a smash hit. Stores throughout the country stocked copies, and even devoted reading corners to his other texts. To arrive this weight of interest, Ryuho started using the slogan, now is the age of Kofuku no Kagaku. He placed the line on mobile billboards and advertisements throughout the country. But the biggest changes came when Ryuho published his book, Laws of the Sun. The text would go on to become one of the cornerstone texts of happy science. According to the group, the book acted as a guide on how to reach a higher level of love, truth, and enlightenment. In his introduction to the book, Ryuho wrote, to reach this state of mind, you must awaken to the truth that all human beings have a divine nature, the essence of God's nature within them. When you realize this, you will know that all people have the potential to achieve enlightenment through their efforts. Again, his book sold fairly well. Not only were new people getting interested, but Ryuho also pushed the text on his existing followers. The day-to-day -day lives of his members varied wildly ranging from casual acceptance of Ryuho's claims to devoted study. According to the group's website, followers spent time every day studying Ryuho's word on their own and with others. Happy Science held seminars and lectures tailored to engage their full members and help them find harmony and happiness. It's unknown how much hands-on time they had with Ryuho, but the teachings were always based on his words. The group also held mission trips to convert others to Ryuho's teachings. Of course, they also encouraged, quote, happiness planting. That was how they referred to donations given to the group. 
With all of the growth, Ryu Ho had become a minor celebrity, and in July of 1991, he capitalized on his popularity to take the national stage. That month, Ryu Ho and Happy Science held a large birthday celebration at the famed Tokyo Dome in the heart of the city. There, situated on the field where some of the greatest Japanese baseball players of all time had played, Ryu Ho made an announcement. No longer was he merely a messenger. No, he was more than that. He was El Cantare, a creator god originally from Venus, who occupied the ninth dimension. He claimed to have been on Earth in different forms for thousands of years. According to Happy Science, El Cantare was the, quote, supreme grand spirit of the terrestrial spirit group. The crowd of around 40,000 in attendance ate up every morsel that came out of Ryuho's mouth. Since he was El Cantare, Ryuho said he was also the reincarnation of Buddha, along with a slew of other religious figures and great thinkers. That, he claimed, explained the spiritual connection he had with them. On their website, Happy Science later clarified Ryuho's new position and divine purpose. They wrote, Lord El Cantare has a mission to reorganize the high spirits in heaven, while also integrating all the various religions on earth to create a new world religion. He has a mission to gather all the people of the world into this new faith, to witness the development of a new civilization, and to herald the advent of a new age for the world. In a matter of years, Ryuho Okawa had grown his small study group into a massive organization with global ambitions. But while Ryuho's followers didn't question his words, it didn't mean that Ryuho escaped criticism. Now that he'd brought so much attention to himself with the celebration and these boisterous claims, outsiders were intrigued. Several larger media outlets started reporting on the group. Some questioned Ryuho's intentions while dismissing his claims as nothing more than ridiculous. A Japanese magazine named Friday published a scandalous article about Ryuho and Happy Science. In it, they made false claims about the leader's mental health and questioned the validity of his position. From Happy Science's perspective, the article was an unverified hit piece meant to undermine their message. However, the damage had been done. With such a high circulation, magazine readers who'd never heard about Ryuho before had already formed an opinion. Ryuho hit back almost immediately, hiring a lawyer to file a defamation suit against the magazine. While that case dragged on in court, the article proved only the first wave of criticism the group faced. The public at large had turned its gaze on happy science. But the criticism didn't diminish the massive growth. According to Ryuho, by the summer of 1991, his group had 1.5 million members all of whom, at the very least, subscribed to Happy Science's newsletter. Energized by the success, Ryuho wanted to go even further. He set his eye on gaining 5 million members by the end of 1991. But along the way, he made a dangerous enemy. His name was Shoko Asahara. As we covered in a previous episode of Cults, he would go on to become one of the most infamous cult leaders in Japan. Initially, Asahara was a yoga instructor who taught the key tenets of Buddhism. However, over time, his message grew darker, and he formed a sect known as Om Shinrikyo. He compared himself to Christ, made predictions about the end times, and often resorted to violence to silence his enemies. For whatever reason, Asahara didn't like happy science. He likely saw Ryuho as competition, 
Both were religious leaders who claimed to be the reincarnation of great people and dabbled in interpreting the predictions of Nostradamus. According to the 1995 study by Trevor Astley, Asahara felt that Ryuho was nothing more than a charlatan who didn't have much of a grasp on true Buddhist teachings. He felt so strongly that he even published a book to take down Ryuho and his teachings. In the beginnings of their feud, the pair engaged in a skilled back and forth, likely using newsletters, lectures, and critical public statements. As the years wore on, the pair's rivalry continued. Ryuho fought back criticism on all sides and was perhaps less invested in the debate with Asahara. But in 1995, four years after the feud started, Asahara was angrier than ever. By then, Asahara had taken his message to a new level and radicalized some of his followers. He'd already targeted dozens of people who he considered enemies in deadly chemical attacks. And now he had Ryuho in his sights. Coming up, Ryuho faces death. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the story. By 1995, 39-year-old Ryuho Okawa presided over a massive group called Happy Science. With an intriguing mix of self-help, doomsday predictions, and Japanese nationalism, Ryuho had transformed the organization into a multimedia powerhouse in only nine years. Though he made radical claims of being a ninth-dimensional being named El Cantare, his audience didn't appear phased. And while Ryuho never proved the exact number, he claimed to have a following of over five million people. But in February of 1995, a rival set out to end Ryuho's plans. Shoko Asahara, a cult leader who got a start as a yoga instructor, ordered his followers to poison Ryuho. The details are hazy, but we know that at some point, Asahara's followers tampered with Ryuho's car. To kill their rival for speaking out against their leader, they injected a deadly nerve agent, VX, into the vehicle's ventilation system. After fleeing, the perpetrators patiently waited for news of Ryuho's death, but it never came. For an unknown reason, the gas didn't work, and their attempt failed. The mishap wasn't unusual for Asahara's group. The chemists in Om Shinrikyo were largely amateurs and lacked the ability to make consistent, pure poison. As such, many of their tests and attacks failed. Luckily for Ryuho, he survived. He had no idea how dangerous Asahara was. Only a month later, Asahara's followers used sarin gas to poison Tokyo subway riders. 13 people were killed and over 5,000 were injured in the largest act of domestic terror in Japanese history. Ultimately, Asahara was apprehended and charged in those killings. According to Happy Science, they aided in his capture by tipping off authorities to Asahara's whereabouts and speaking out against the group before and after the subway attack. 
Now he had one less religious figure to contend with. And he threw himself back into growing happy science. By the late 90s, Ryu Ho was claiming that the group had more than 10 million members. According to the Teikoku Data Bank research company, it collected about $45 million a year as its media empire grew. Central to this startling growth were the hundreds of books Happy Science published. Some of them, like The Terrifying Revelations of Nostradamus, were adapted into films. Ryu Ho's media onslaught even extended its way into anime, he'd do anything to connect to a large audience. Meanwhile, Ryu Ho's personal life also seemed to be going well. By then, he had married a woman named Kyoko and had a son named Hiroshi. Everything was looking up. Happy science had spread throughout Japan, and now he focused on bringing his message to the rest of the world. In December of 2006, the first branch of Happy Science outside of Japan opened in Honolulu, marking the next step in Ryuho's expansion. Since then, Happy Science buildings have popped up across the United States, in Brazil, France, and even Australia. Each of them sought to bring new members into Ryuho's fold. While the group's presence across the globe was documented, the number of followers Happy Science actually had is much harder to track down. Given the varying levels of membership and the obvious incentive the group had to inflate their following, it's hard to accurately track their growth. By their own estimate, the group currently has 11 or 12 million followers. However, according to a 2020 article in the New York Times, that number could be as low as 30,000 full members. Regardless of those discrepancies, the Internet age allowed Ryuho to reach even more acolytes. YouTube videos from Happy Science demonstrated the breadth of Ryuho's teachings. In some of them, Ryuho channels spirits in front of his followers. At the beginning of Ryuho's teachings, these figures were mostly divine, but as the years went on, his spiritual contacts expanded to include former world leaders and even living celebrities. And no matter how outlandish his claims, those in Happy Science followed along. Ryuho leveraged their faith to reach people all over the world online. Yet none of that compared to the next moves the group made. Ryuho no longer just wanted to have influence over his believers, he wanted to change the world. And that would start in Japan. In 2009, Ryuho Okwa decided to extend his reach and try his hand in politics. While he didn't directly run for any office, he did found a political party and place his wife, Kyoko, at its head. The organization was formed on conservative ideologies, fueled by Ryuho's nationalist leanings. One of the party's websites listed their principles as limited government, increased defense spending, and personal freedom. While those weren't all that controversial, the group also published articles that seemed to dismiss the country's complicated and problematic past. Chiefly, they repeatedly denied the Nanjing massacre that took place between December 1937 and January 1938. At the time, China and Japan were locked in the Second Sino-Japanese War. When Japanese forces triumphed over the Chinese army, they captured the city Nanjing. The aftermath was brutal. The consensus among historians is that Japanese forces, under the orders of the commanding general, massacred innocent civilians and raped tens of thousands of people. It's estimated in total that 100,000 to over 300,000 people were killed in the weeks-long mayhem. But according to Ryuho's party, the entire massacre was a fabrication. 
While one might think that these controversial lies would hurt Riho's reputation, they actually helped to legitimize him with certain political groups. Even though in the years following, none of the party's candidates won a seat in political office, the party did make him a player worth paying attention to. Happy Science didn't just seem like a fringe religious organization anymore. But while things appeared to be going well for Ryuho and Happy Science on the outside, inner turmoil brewed. In 2011, Ryuho's wife, Kyoko, left him. She publicly denounced his teachings, stepped down from her position as the leader of the political party, and claimed Happy Science only had 30,000 members, quite a departure from the millions Ryuho insisted were behind him. She wanted no part of the organization, and years later, it appeared that their son, Hiroshi, didn't either. Following his own departure, Hiroshi posted videos on his YouTube page that disparaged his father. He wanted to tell the world that Ryuho's messages were hollow promises, and that he was nothing more than a fraud. In response, Ryuho denounced his ex-wife and son. According to the New York Times, he considered them demonic. At the very least, Happy Science has stated that they consider Hiroshi's comments to be slander and have filed a defamation suit against him. While this response helped Ryuho save face with his followers, it was a public humiliation. To the great El Cantare, though, it hardly mattered. He'd weathered plenty of storms in the past and had always come out on top. This time was no different. The incident proved only a minor speed bump as Happy Science sped ahead. Over the following decade, Ryuho continued spreading his message through a barrage of media. His own website estimates that by late 2021, he'd published some 2,900 books, amounting to an unbelievable average of 52 per year. He also continued posting videos online that reached his followers across the globe. But even all that exposure paled in comparison to the headlines Happy Science grabbed at the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. While the majority of the world entered lockdown, members of Happy Science in New York pushed back. Ryuho had told his followers that they didn't need to worry about the deadly virus. He claimed that it was created by the Chinese government as a bioweapon, and that aliens had taken it and dropped it on various nations as a punishment for their lack of faith. He even said that with faith in El Cantare, they could avoid the illness. So even as other places of faith shut down to protect their practitioners, Happy Science's headquarters in New York stayed open, welcoming people inside. And when the city of New York made sweeping mandates, Happy Science members loudly protested. Later, to assure their protection from the virus, Ryuho began offering immunity from COVID-19 through paid-for spiritual vaccines offered online. Happy Science members took him up on it. In moments of tremendous stress and fear, people are susceptible to almost anything. According to a December 2020 study published in the Asian Journal of Psychiatry, the fear of COVID-19 placed a heavy toll on people. The researchers explained that now, when living with the coronavirus with constant precautions becomes the new normal, fear may become more pronounced. COVID-19 affects all spheres of life, and the risk factors are more unique, numerous, and diverse than in other pandemics. Therefore, fear may extend beyond falling ill or dying due to contracting the virus and evoke other fears, such as that of economic adversity and infecting others. So, while people panicked, Ryuho promised them protection from the virus through faith and positive thinking. And the group's response to the pandemic drew the attention of the New York Times, who shone yet another spotlight on the group. 
Eventually, the New York branch of Happy Science had to shut their doors. But the damage to the group's reputation was likely done. Since then, the organization has largely ducked more critical headlines. They continued holding services and expanding their reach. Today, the group continues operating throughout the world. Though the group claims to have around 11 million members, that number has been called into question by detractors and media outlets. And Ryuho sits at the head of Happy Science as El Cantare, with no sign of stepping down. He thrives on broad messages that offer quick solutions to life's problems. These big promises are tantalizing enough to draw crowds. And it doesn't matter how seemingly outlandish his claims or whims are. And it's anyone's guess what will come next. Thanks for tuning in to Cults. For more information about Happy Science and Ryuho Okawa, among the many sources we used, we found The Transformation of a Recent Japanese New Religion by Trevor Astley, extremely helpful to our research. We'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. We'll see you next time. Cults is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Anthony Valsic. With production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Cults was written by Robert Tyler Walker. With writing assistance by Terrell Wells. Fact-checking by Claire Cronin and research by Brian Petrus and Chelsea Wood. Cult stars Greg Polson and Vanessa Richardson. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new Spotify original from ParCast, Disappearances. Every Thursday, join me for an exploration into history's most gripping missing persons cases. Following timelines, analyzing clues, and piecing together as many answers as possible to find the truth. From prison breaks and child abductions to second chances and even murder. We'll journey through the many reasons people disappear Follow my new podcast, Disappearances, free and only on Spotify.